it's just hard work. It's a plan. It's being deliberate, you know, finding your why and being purposeful every day with the decisions that you make and really being deliberate and don't, don't be a victim of your circumstance, you know, be somebody that can change your circumstance. You know, if you feel like that, well, I'm just not as strong, well, get stronger. Steve Herlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin area dial at 102.9 here today with a special conversation with the Franklin High School gymnastics coach, Paula Lupian. Paula, good morning. Happy day to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, we, we were gonna, we've, I've wanted to do this for a while because I think you started the season with the award coach of the year based, I think from the prior year. Um, But then the team went through such a tremendous season and we do want to highlight that. So there's a number of accomplishments. We'll get to those, but for those people who haven't followed gymnastics, tell us a little bit of the backstory. How did you in particular get involved and then build this program that in six years is kind of in the top of the world, so to speak. Sure. Um, It's actually interesting. And my story, I feel like is a little bit unique. I was never a gymnast. I never stepped foot in a gym as a kid. Um, My daughter was a gymnast. So she started, well, we started at Flipside Gymnastics when she was 18 months old and we did a mommy and me class. And I needed to meet new moms because I was young. We just moved to the town of Franklin. I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. So I was Involved and try to like meet new people. And she just kind of loved gymnastics, loved the environment. Um, Sandy, the owner at Flipside is just probably one of the best humans that I've ever met. And she runs an amazing business. And so we just stayed there. Um, and she just kind of went along with the rec program. And then she started to get involved in team as a little kid. She was probably eight when she started competing. And I was there all the time and Sandy reached out and said, Hey, do you, would you want to learn how to teach classes? And I said, sure. I think it would be great. I had coached previously. I was a two time athlete for college. I played college basketball and college softball. I played varsity sports my whole life mm-hmm. um, through high school. So I knew how to coach. I knew I'd coached a ton of different sports. And so I said, yeah, teach me and let me just learn. Mm. So I learned how to coach gymnastics. She put me through a ton of classes and certification. And each year she just kind of moved me along. And then eventually I was coaching all the teams. And when Lexi, my daughter was like in sixth grade, I started noticing girls leave the sport of gymnastics after their eighth grade year. And I couldn't figure out why. And it was bothering me (laughs) because I had gym that were invested and then they left. So I started doing surveys (laughs) within the school systems and the junior highs and trying to figure out what is it that is making you want to leave. And their biggest answer was, we don't have a sport in our high school to compete for. So I want to go compete for a high school team and Mm. be part of the community. And that's when the light bulb went off. So I started working with the previous administration to try to get traction in in developing a program. Mm -hmm. And it kind of fell on deaf ears. And so the year that Tom Angelo came in as a new athletic director, 
I grabbed his ear as fast as I could. And I met in his office and he was so supportive from the initial conversation and helping me try to figure out how we're going to get this program off the ground. And I wasn't even wanting to coach it. It was actually, we were trying to find a coach Mm -hmm. and it was a struggle. And Tom said, I talked to Sandy. She thinks you could do it. I think you should do it. And here we are six years later. (laughs) So it's an interesting story. It is. It is indeed. And there's some parallels too, because my daughters had started with the youth soccer. Then when they get up to the kind of the, do they want to do travel and that level of soccer, they didn't want to do that. So they switched to swimming, which they had already been, they had done the learn to swim lessons and then get into swimming. And then they liked swimming. So they actually moved from the Hockamock wide Adirondack. I think they went back, they went to another club, but then as they were getting to high school, they were realizing, well, Franklin at that time did not have a swim program. And Oh, by the way, swim does take an awful lot of your time. <laughs> the practices are long and they were going to need time to do uh, homework, et cetera. And Oh, by the way, this other thing called track was shorter and quicker and easier. And a lot of their friends were running. So they went and switched to the track program. I didn't mind because I'd been a lifelong runner and that was good. Certainly swimming is a good exercise. You can do it year round. Gymnastics, I think, is somewhat, at least at the high school level. And then you could, if if you choose, go into college. And obviously there's some opportunities beyond that. But I really don't see too many gymnasts kind of doing gymnastics stuff, you know, in their later years, so to speak. But it still builds that process that self-confidence which i think is so important for everybody especially women these days yeah absolutely and i think um you know with that gymnastics it's you know you do have a small window there are there are a handful of kids that will absolutely compete high level go on to a division one college or even the club teams around the nation are really competitive um Mm -hmm. so a lot of those girls that are going into club gymnastics you know there are a handful of them that you know, their bodies can sustain, but most gymnasts, by the time they're at their senior year, they're, they're broken. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a lot on the body. It is. So the physical aspects from your coaching perspective, the physical fitness of the individual is one. And obviously then you have to be careful as you do. And I having seen a few of between the videos and I did manage to at least participated observe one of your matches last year not this year unfortunately but the, the things they do <laughs> it boggles the mind sometimes between the jumps and the twists and the hangs and it's like whoa it's pretty intense and i'm i'm always impressed like i'm i always say to the girls like i'm your biggest fan like i just i'm in awe of like the work that the some of their work ethics are just you know unbelievable and you have to be really diligent in your work ethic within the gym because an injury can happen so fast and it can in any sport um in the sport of gymnastics there's just there's so much there's so much at risk you know these girls are calculating all of these, you know, high level skills that they're doing, you know, and so it's dangerous, you know, it's gymnastics is they make it look so easy, but the reality 
sport is so dangerous and um, they, they are going out there doing things every single day that, you know, is just pushing their own limits. And, you know, they, they want to get those extra tents and those extra bonus points and everything that they're trying to accomplish within their own, you know, 30 second to a minute and a half routine. And they're packing in as much as they possibly can. And it's pretty incredible to see, you know, that type of effort, you know, at a sport that is just so intense, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, fun to watch. I'm always in awe during practice um, to see, you know, some of them push themselves. And for those who may not be as familiar, and at least to clarify for me, you've got the floor, the vault, the beam, and the parallel, and then please uneven, uneven bars, right? On the boys side, it's the parallel bars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have all around. So I think from a team competition you structure so that some people are in one of the four events and then i guess you're you pick your best for that all around yep typically it's usually your um your highest level athletes or your all arounds i i was lucky i had a handful of girls that i could use within the all around aspect um you know kate rudolph and emma white um, have been consistently our highest levels for the all around, but there were opportunities where we could give them a break. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Caroline is another high level athlete that was easily used as an all around. Um, and so we definitely called on her. Lizzie Brown was capable of doing all around. So you'll see that there's some meets where they did, you know, the ones that weren't all arounds, they did three events, but then maybe the next meet they did, um, three events, but one of them was different where they could do, they, they can compete all four and depending on who's healthy and where you need to slide kids, it makes it very advantageous for our team to be able to use kids like that, that you can have as an, as an all around or three event athlete, but change the three events each week, you know? Mm -hmm. So definitely because Caroline was a strong bar competitor for us, but partway through the season, Lizzie really matched what Caroline was doing. And we needed, we had more of a need on beam and Caroline had a, such a strong beam presence that it was an easy switch for coach Beth and I to say, Caroline, we want you on beam. Lizzie's going to fill that spot on bars and mm-hmm. made the team stronger. So um, it's, it's great to, I always say to the kids, try not to just come in and say, I only want to do one event because a lot of kids, by the time they get to high school, they they like the option of being a specialist because when you're a club athlete, sometimes it shows you may not be as strong of a vaulter as you are on bars. So they get right. that off. They, all right, I really want to drop vault. I always say to the kids, if you're competing at a level six or seven or even eight as a JO athlete, try to come in with the open mind of still touching all four events because we're going to need all around athletes, you know, so you don't want to just have two all arounds. Um, and technically you don't even have to throw an all around athlete. You can, you can just put all individuals up on all four events and just create your, your, your most stacked lineup. So, you know, there's some strategy there as well. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a couple of terms in there in terms of kind of the levels six, seven, and eight. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Or so high school gymnastics is level nine gymnastics, like for the requirement. And so every athlete coming in is going to be able to say, Hey, I'm a level nine athlete and I'm going to hit all of, all of the requirements. So if you're competing in the club, there's two different tracks. There's your JO track, which is your levels, level two, three, four, all the way to 10. And then there's your Excel program, which is like 
bronze, silver, gold, platinum, and diamond. And the Excel program really um, took off, you know, 10, 12 years ago, which allowed those high level athletes that were either burned out or wanted to do other sports to move into this Excel program that was a little less intense, but still pretty competitive. And so the levels kind of matched like with the requirements. So if you're a, a, a diamond, you, you were probably a level six, seven or eight athlete or higher. Um, so a lot of these girls that are coming in, if they're not J.O. and they're Excel, I know that they can at least have a minimum requirements of a level six or seven. Um, and then we build on that. So if you're coming in, for high school gymnastics and you haven't competed level nine, your start value is probably going to be around a nine or a 9.2 because of the base requirements. Mm -hmm. If you higher level, you have opportunity to build in bonus to get to a 10.0 start value. So typically like a Kate Rudolph or an Emma White or Caroline, they'll start with a 10.0 because they have those high level skills. And then we kind of moved down from there. A lot of my starting athletes were starting at a 10.0. They were able to build in bonus, um, even though they hadn't competed level nine, you know, so it's, mm. they worked to get themselves to have those requirements because it's, it's hard, you know, um, our league can be competitive, but once you get beyond the league, the teams in the North, like, man, they're good. Like the North, um, Redding, Masco, um, Framingham, mm-hmm. um, and like those teams, like they put out some powerhouse teams and they're all competing level eights or nines. So you got to be competitive. <laughs> yeah. And then on a given day, as in most athletics, uh, anything can happen. Right. So I think you were you were second in the States to Masconet, but then in the New Englands, you ended up flipping and taking the top. So it was just the way things worked out. It Well, it did. But so with the way New England's works is. So if you're going to go as a team, you got to go with your whole team, right? And so Masco bowed out of New England, which oh, allowed... Oh, okay. I missed that detail. Yep. And so that, I'll take it. I'll, you know, it was really <laughs> our team. Um, you know, Masco has some high-level athletes. So my assumption, I don't know this for a fact, my assumption is their higher-level team, the girls, like their level nines and tens, probably had a J.O. meet that weekend. And with oh. MI they would have to not go to their club meet and have to go to high school if they were going to opt in to go as a team and mm-hmm. you needed to, the whole team needed to go and represent. So I was fortunate. All my team members were like, we're in, let's keep going. <laughs> so um, we did not bow out and yeah, we took first seed and then, you know, Connecticut was our biggest competition when we were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to replay a little bit, to for some of the stats so you went through the hockamock league undefeated and then i think it was sectionals and then state so you won the sectionals they went to state finished second as we talked and then to new england you ended up getting the top there correct yes that's quite the run in a six-year program (laughs) well last year i mean Last year, we were undefeated in the Hockamock League as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of COVID, there was no postseason, so we weren't right. able to our potential realized. I really feel like we would have done the same. We only lost one competing athlete last year, which was actually my daughter, Lexi. She graduated, and so she was competing on beam floor. And in the beginning of 
vault, but I had pulled her from vault halfway through um, the season. And so we had those two spots to fill and, you know, that junior, we have, we have a really strong junior class as well. And so there were a bunch of them that were just able to fill those gaps so easily, easily. Um, so that was exciting for us that I felt like we didn't lose anything, you know, mm-hmm. if anything got even stronger, um, going into this season, we came out of the gates much stronger, um, this season than we did last season. So it was a pretty exciting and really exciting for these girls to see their full potential realized, you know, um, having been cut short last year. Yeah. COVID last year, the year before created some havoc for scheduling, (laughs) Never mind certain levels of competitions, which just were not available, not just in gymnastics, but in the other sports as well. And, uh, the very first year, obviously when the COVID lockdown hit, you know, and seasons ended before they even started. Uh, state championships in the winter just didn't happen. So yeah, it's been it's been a tough time to be an athlete. And kudos to them for those at least that were continuing through to really maintain it and then achieve as well as they have. Yeah, it was because the year that we got locked down, we were fortunate. We got all of our states in, so we we were at sectionals, and you know we were seated. I believe we went in on um, eighth um, into sectionals, and we finished sixth that year, which we were really excited for. The only thing that we got cut short on was New England's mm. New England thing that got canceled and we didn't qualify as a team, but I had uh, Kate Rudolph qualified as an individual. So right. she was go to New England's that year and she never was able to accomplish that. So it was really nice to be able to come full circle and at least have her be able to be part of that New England tournament because she didn't get to see that happen. And she did fantastic um, at New England's as an all around. So I was really, really proud of her. So it was exciting to see that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got a couple of seniors this year. Certainly, I think you mentioned Kate and Emma. I think there's another one in there, but I'm losing it. <laughs> losing five, five. Losing five. Wow. So there's lots of opportunity. <laughs> there is, uh, you know, um, these five seniors, we've got Emma White, Kate Rudolph, Lizzie Brown, uh, Caroline Wolfel, and uh, Elizabeth Sherwood, and, um, you know, they competed in all, you know, a, a myriad of events all season mm-hmm. long for us, and they they were a huge part of the backbone of the team. Um, I'm also losing Megan Pertoni. She she wasn't competing. Um, she was an athlete that competed for me both freshman and sophomore year as a beam specialist. She had broken her foot and was never able to but she stayed on. She was my social media girl and she's the one that did all the live streaming and all the videos and all of everything that I posted, she was creating for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Megan was a huge part. So, you know, losing six seniors overall, but I got to say the junior class, there's, you know, four of them, um, you know, that are returning varsity athletes. There's a, a fifth junior um, who I'm anticipating will uh, be a contributor in the varsity lineup next year. Um, they, they're, they're strong, you know, there's, there's four of them that have been, they competed all season. Um, all four of them had a spot all year long, um, multiple events as well. And so I anticipate that these, you know, four juniors are gonna, they're not going to go away quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they want to make their own stamp. Um, sure. they're competitors, um, and they're really dedicated and they're, unbelievably hard workers. So, um, I'm, I'm excited for next season because we actually did 
a little exercise. So I have this spreadsheet that I keep of like all the girls stats throughout the whole year. Right. And after we won um, sectionals and before we uh, going into States and new England, I, I did a little exercise with the girls because you know, it's really hard to be part of a team that is constantly winning because you don't know what it feels like to lose. Right. And that can be its True. own challenge. Right. It, and so it, it can. Absolutely. It, going into the state finals, we were, we had won 22 matches in a row from mm. last. And so coming in second at sectionals at state finals was our first loss. Um, right. So, <clears throat> even though it didn't feel like a lose because we were so excited to like have one second place because we were holding down. Um, but these girls, I didn't want it to have it in their mind that these seniors is incredible. They as, as they are, right. They, they have their own place on this team, right. Because I, what I basically did is I took all the senior scores and I removed them <laughs> and I said, all right, girls, if we were, fl- if we were to do exactly what we were going to do today without any of these seniors and we were and nothing changed, like we had all the same competitors, the other teams were the same, like we, we would have come in second in our league. We would have come in fourth at sectionals, right? And so, like, we were still really highly competitive within our own, you know, atmosphere without having those five seniors. And so I I felt like there was a little bit of a spark that kind of ignited in them of thinking, okay, we're losing a lot, but look what we're still, look what we still have. Yeah. Um, That can be daunting when you have such a a large group of kids that are, are huge contributors to the team that are leaving, mm-hmm. I want them to think that, oh, great, now we're going to be like this nothing team. Like the reality is, is these girls in their own right are really strong. And we have some sophomores that are really strong. So, um, and who knows who's going to come in new? Like that's the yeah. unknown. I sure. said like coming in as a freshman, you know, so it's, it's really exciting. And I do love that aspect of building. There's something that's to be said about, you know, okay, yeah. coming and being the top all the time is mm-hmm. great, but I love a challenge and I love building something. So if we can build something next year, um, that we can still have an awesome run, like that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, that's a good piece. And having coached in my background as well, all on the track and cross country side. Yeah. It's the individual growth, the individual, and even the team growth to that extent. And that was one of the things that was noticeable. It was, there were multiple points during the season where, whether it was either uh, your social or in more cases, other social accounts saying, look at, the team cheering each other on <laughs> that's that's special so it really is and and the reality is is i i talk to the girls about it all the time like my philosophy is listen i am a huge uh, like competitor like i want to win at the end of the day mm-hmm. um but the reality is is you've got to teach um commitment and loyalty uh to your team because if you're not loyal to each other and you're not loyal to your coaches and to that process like it just it doesn't gel like it doesn't work like because now you just have a whole bunch of individuals like you have to work as one full unit i always explain girls like we're kind of like a heart like your heart can't function with one artery not working or whatever and one of you chooses to step out of that it's going to hinder the entire function of the body right so 
I'm constantly talking to them about every person's role has an important place, whether you're on that sideline or you're actually on that mat and it makes a difference. So, you know, it's not required of them. Like, so like for state individuals, that account that you're talking about, some random person tweeted about Mm. like the, the girls that follow that team all the way around. I didn't make it required that they all showed up. I strongly encourage them that this is going to benefit you as much as it's going to benefit your teammates. Cause it's hard to be an individual and just be out there by yourself. Right. And so that support is huge. And it's a learning opportunity. I kept saying to them, like you guys as freshmen and sophomores and juniors, like you have the opportunity to learn and glean what are these other athletes doing and how can I get myself in that same position so I can qualify next year. So I tell them, like, if you want to learn and you want to get better and you want to be qualified, show up. Mm-hmm. It's like it was show up and learn and observe. And I think there was only two girls that weren't able to make it that. I mean, that was astounding. Like it was yeah. amazing to see how the team comes together and um, supports one another. Yeah, it's that's a key point. You didn't have to battle seems to be just showing up to start having Mm -hmm. that interest, having that observation, Um, because, yeah, you can learn a lot, especially in that type. Well, if they can do that, maybe I can. Right. Which reinforces one of your other points. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely does. And we actually had like we we met about that before the meet. We were sitting around like, you know, on the floor just talking about it and a handful of my juniors um, actually talked about their experience going previous years and watching and saying that it really, it turned it around because when you're competing just within your league, right at that point, mm. that's all you know, right. You're only competing against the schools that you're competing against. When you qualify for state individuals or as a state all around, you're now, no, you're now seeing the North teams. Mm. You're now seeing, you will potentially go against at sectionals and beyond. And that's your first real look of what you're up against. And so for them, it was eye-opening to be able to say, okay, like, so maybe this year wasn't as super competitive within the league, but it's not always going to be like that. The Mm. league certainly grow and get bigger and more competitive as years go on. Um, But beyond that, like, this is what you need to be prepared for. Right. And so constantly trying to put in front of them like what what is your why what are you guys going after like what is it that you're what's your purpose what is it that you're trying to accomplish um so that just it's just creating opportunity for them to think about that yeah well done it speaks to the certainly the success over time that you've had and the more success potential is there clearly um it's going to be their interest and they've seen and you've painted that picture for them that oh, this group that's rising, you can be competitive. Now, how are you going to put in that extra time, put in the extra work or whatever it takes so that when the time comes for you to be on that beam, the vault, on the floor, et cetera, you know, to do what you need to do. And that's something that I've always tried to, um, you know, not preach at the kids, but the reality is, is none of what we're accomplishing is about me. Like it's, it's wonderful that, I was recognized as coach of the year, but it was these girls at the end of the day, all I'm, I'm a, I feel like I'm a vehicle for them. Like I'm, I'm helping them realize the tools that they have in their own mm-hmm. toolbox, to be able to accomplish the things that they need to accomplish at the end of the day, they have to choose to do the work. Yeah. They have 
make the decision to say, I'm in this. I have to put the work in. I can't make them do that. And I'm, I'm not the type of coach that, you know, trains through, you know, if you're not working hard in the gym, I'm going to make you go do a thousand burpees. No, because the reality is the only person you're hurting at the end of the day is yourself and your team. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you want to be part of it, you're not going to compete. It's as simple as that. I always say to them, I'm not going to compete potential. I'm going to compete what I see. And if I don't see it in the gym, it's not going to get put on the mat. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's all about their own decision. This is their journey. This is about them. What do they want out of this program? And if you're hungry enough, they're going to go. So it's my job to help motivate them and create an environment for them that they feel like they're empowered because it's, it is them, you know? And so that's, that's kind of how I see my role is getting them to move beyond their own potential because I see it. So I try to pull it out and then they have to execute. Right. Absolutely. Cause uh, life doesn't come to you on a platter. <laughs> I don't it know. Does not. <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes I wish it would, but then it would be no fun. <laughs> Because I, I worked, I had to work really hard as an athlete, uh, growing up in high school and, you know, being, a, a you know, I did three sports. I was a varsity golfer on an all men's golf team. Um, I was a varsity basketball player and a varsity softball player and nothing came easy. Um, wow. especially golf. I had to prove myself against all the other guys and, um, you know, basketball I was five, seven. So it's not like you know, I'm breaking records here, but you just had to work harder, you know? And so it's, and it wasn't up to my coach to, to, I had to make that decision. You know, he mm-hmm. motivated, you had to make those decisions. And so these kids, they've got to understand that when you work hard, like the wins happen, like the everything, yeah. like don't worry about, like, I always say to the kids, I'm like, let's not worry about how we're going to win this match let's worry about how well we're going to execute the match because it's within the execution that the win will fall. Right. And so it's, you know what I mean? So a little bit, maybe semantics with words, but it's a mindset too. Right. And so. Well, and especially since it's individual based, because yeah, if you just quote, go through the motions, you're not going to get the performance that's going to result in the nine, nine or the nine, eight, five. And if you just go through the motions and it's a nine, two, then guess what? You just, (laughs) the results aren't there. Well, and the challenge was all season, you know, we were playing like within our league and some matches we were winning by 20 or 30 points. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's an astronomical amount to win a gymnastics meet by, but the reality is, is when, when we would win a meet like that and we come back, it's some coaches or some teams would look at that and be like, well, what are we going to improve on? We just won by 30. And my job was always to remain them, keep them humble and say, listen, we won, but, and so I have this like little thing on my chart that I would always do at the end of like, after every meet, I would plug in all the girls scores. And then I would look and I say, but listen, I'm like our capable average like we did what we did and it was great. But mm-hmm. when we do everything and we hit everything with more precision, instead of scoring a 147, we could actually score a 150. Like I constantly kept dangling. Mm-hmm. Right. You have more room. There's more room to grow here. And if yeah. you want competitive postseason, that this is what we have to chase after. So great that we just won by 30, but there was probably five points there that we could have gained back because of minor errors. Let's focus mm-hmm. on 
that up. And, you know, cause you got to give them something to work on. Cause otherwise you're just going to sit back and they're going to be like, well, we're winning. So what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It, doesn't matter. it all yeah. matters. <laughs> it, it does, you know, getting up every day, tackling the day, knowing the why, as you mentioned before, that's a key piece because it is the individual performance and you just can't go through the motions. You've got to do what you need to do every single day. Nobody to pick back on the platter. Nobody's going to give you stuff. You have to go out and do it. So absolutely. It's a challenge every day, but there, there's the, I, I have been wired somewhat like you. I, I look forward to the challenge because this is the best I can do today. Maybe it's a bad weather day. I'm not going to do my best, best performance, but I'll do the best I can for that day. And exactly. that that's really what matters. Then I can walk away. Okay. I, I did what I needed to do today. Yep. Exactly. And I, and I talk to them a, a lot about, you know, looking at your own, it's, it's, it's unique because gymnastics, like when you're up on that beam, you're by yourself, but yet, you know, your team is your safety net too. Right. And if one of our top girls makes an error, you know, you're hoping you know, the five and six person can really do their job to help save that, you know, and mm-hmm. I would say like your, your role is super important, regardless if you're top four or not. Right. And so it's important and I'm constantly challenging them to be a better version of yourself than you were the day before. Like you're your own biggest competition. Don't look at the other teams. Like you're the one that has to become better to yourself. Right. Then you're not looking at somebody on, you know, Masco and saying, well, I need to beat her. Right. Do what, do your job to try to beat yourself from the day before, because then that's just going to compile and make you a stronger athlete in the long haul. So it's very um, introspective. Like I try to really Mm -hmm. put the on them um, to make themselves great because they all have that potential. You just got to pull it out of them. Indeed. It was interesting as an aside, but somewhat related to the extent that you had three sports and you mentioned golf, Caroline, also is a golfer is is it was there just a unique connection that just happened (laughs) you know caroline i've known caroline since she was a little tight she was doing club gymnastics with my daughter at flip side when they were little itty bitties um so i've known caroline for a long time and i love that she was a golfer it was just you know something fun that we could chat about and love that she was you know the only girl you know right up in there with all the guys Mm, yeah you know, an amazing athlete to watch. And Caroline is, you know, I, I always call her my superhuman because she just, you know, the things that she does, you know, and she's, I don't know if you know, she's like a world-class CrossFit, um, CrossFit. competitor. Yeah. She's, you know, she's just an unbelievable athlete, but she, the dedication, you, you know, talk about nothing's handed to you on a silver platter. Like, you know, she works for every single thing she does, you know? And so she's a great example. And all these other athletes, like, you know, they're like, Oh, Caroline's, you know, the superhuman. Well, she got herself to that position. Right. And and she wasn't just gifted with the gift of strength. Like, you know, she, she has worked really hard. And so I, I say to these other athletes, like you can do exactly what Caroline's doing in your own way. Right. And whatever it is, whatever that challenge is that you want to put in front of you, it's just, it's just hard work. It's a plan. It's being deliberate, you know, finding your why and being purposeful every day with the decisions that you make and really being deliberate and don't, don't be a victim of your circumstance, you know, be somebody that can change your circumstance. You know, if you feel like that, well, I'm just not as strong, well, get stronger. Like there, you know, there's very simple answers. It's just, you know, cut out the excuses and go after what you want, but he can do it, you know? <laughs> Indeed. 
Well, thank you for taking time this morning to share the story and the highlights. And uh, I think it's been a, a wonderful time. Hopefully the people listening uh, will appreciate that as well. Cause I, I, I think you've had a wonderful story. You've got a wonderful run and it's not over. <laughs> there, there's more coming with your approach. You're wired to continue to have more coming. So thank you for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think just quick shout out, I mean, Coach Beth Hurley, you know, she is such a huge integral part of like what we do and how we do it. She's been an amazing partner. I don't consider her an assistant coach like her and I coach equally. I mean, my strengths are her weaknesses and vice versa. Like, it's so wonderful to be able to coach with somebody like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of our athletes like, you know, Emma White, you're going to be hearing about her. She's going to go on to college. Uh, Kate Rudolph, she's going to be competing for club gymnastics at Delaware. So you're going to still hear more about her. Um, so it's exciting to, you know, see these kids and who knows what Caroline's going to do, um, you know, with whichever sport she decides. There's a few choices. <laughs> There's a few choices. There are. So it'll be exciting. I, you're not done hearing some of these names. So it'll be exciting uh, to see the seasons, you know, beyond. But I really thank you, though, for the opportunity. This was uh, great to be able to uh, get it out there. Absolutely. Thank you. And for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.